1: And subscribe to the podcast. Hi, welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are doing part two of do I stay or do I go? So we've hit a couple of things. We've talked about some of the things that the addict needs to be demonstrating uh, pretty soon after... You're coming in, you're D-Day, you're finding out these things. So honesty and integrity, empathy, and then developing more and more sobriety. Right. We've talked a little bit about the attitude that is critical, both in the attitude of why they're doing this that needs to shift over time from a I've been caught, you want me to, to actually this is, what I want in my life. And I'm going to choose to do that no matter what happens around me. And also the attitude of being positive about the experience, wanting that in your life versus this is so lame. Why can't you get over this earlier? Um, Why do I have to do all this stuff? All of that kind of thing.
0: If you have that attitude and you're the addict, you're guaranteeing, a recovery that's at least three four or five times as long yes it's just so less effective if she sticks around
1: yes so. if she sticks around i mean regardless your recovery is going to be three to five times longer <laughs> right? right if you choose to continue recovery which hopefully you would even if she didn't choose to stay right but yes it's so critical you are absolutely shooting yourself in the foot And I've had that conversation with clients before where they're like, well, this needs to go faster. Why isn't this going faster? And I said, the reason why it's not going faster is because of your attitude around it. You absolutely are stopping yourself. You are damning yourself in a way Mm -hmm. from being able to make any kind of progress on this because of the attitude where you're at. What you need to do is step back and say, you know what, as long as it takes. As long as it takes, I'm willing to do anything as long as it takes, like right. just shifting the attitude around it. And this is a critical part of who I want to be that David 2.0 or Sherry 2.0. This is what I want completely shifts your capacity to move forward. Right. So I think that's a critical piece is the attitude, not only that you're giving off to your spouse, but also that you're carrying around internally. It really is like a brick wall. Like, ugh, I have to go to a meeting. Punch. You're not going to get anything out of the meeting, right? right? You're not going to get anything out of uh, the steps that you're taking to connect with your partner. You're just not going to move forward at all in your progression. Once that's out of the way, that's the fast track. That's what I hear a lot. Well, what's the fast track? There is no fast track. If you want a fast track, it's shifting your attitude. Yep. That's about as fast as you can get.
0: Right. And you might as well choose into this experience and make it life-changing. It's your choice.
1: Yes. Yes. Just opt in. What do you have to lose yep. by opting in? And just saying, okay, let's embrace it fully and completely.
0: Because, look, if, if you're being totally honest with yourself, you've never liked that this thing is in your life. I know it, and you know it. Mm-hmm. So choose in to this experience of becoming something more. Yeah. Yeah. So for the person in betrayal, how do I know? How long do do I I wait? We've talked about at least three to six months if if you're willing to do that. And by the way, I should say that that three to six months should not include ultimatums and the divorce word, if you can at all help it. Because Mm -hmm. that tends to make it like a half effort, I know for guys, especially if it's like, well, you better do this or I'm just out. Well, all they hear is that I'm basically I'm out. out. Unless you're going to be so perfect, therefore... you have no chance. <laughs> yes. So not that you're not going to be out. It doesn't mean that you stay in when you don't right. need to be in the relationship, but the language of, you know, well, maybe we just can't make this work or we're not meant for each other or we're not going to, all of that language is not helping you at all.
1: Yeah. It's very and, discouraging space.
0: You'll know if you should be in or not uh, eventually, and you can still go if you need to go, whether you've used this language in the meantime or not. But it does have an impact on hope, on motivation. and I know just for the guys, it's pretty tough to put a lot of time and effort and energy into something that feels like, well, yeah, it's yeah, not they only work have anyway. their toe
1: in anyway. Right? Why well,
0: try if you know you're gonna fail.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, just to clarify from the last episode we're using the male as yes. the addict and the female as the betrayed spouse, but it absolutely can be flipped and that happens, I think, yep. more regularly than we might think. Yep. So just to kind of clarify that, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the three to six months. We're going to talk more about boundaries and things like that around that in a minute, but just know that there's so many... Angles to that. But it is really important to be that, okay, 100%, com- I'm going to be 100% committed for three, six, six months. Like, look at that. And obviously, there's reasons why you may not choose that right. or whatever that we'll talk about in a minute. But having the commitment, you putting in, both of you hopefully putting in that 100%, I'm willing to do whatever it takes yep. to move forward. So on that note, the progress, seeing progress. progress over time is critical. If you get to the end of three months, six months or whatever, and there's been little to no progress and they're just kind of eking away at the the bare minimum basics.
0: Kind of a... I'm waiting for time to do the heavy lifting for me and I have a lot of clients that are in this place where they're not really all in or engaged in like a 12-step or a sponsor. They're just hoping that in time their wives will feel better and you know what they will because time helps to heal and they're probably doing a lot of self-care and working on them so Mm -hmm. it will appear like they're doing well and it's really easy for the guy to then say oh I don't need to put as much into my recovery. She's doing better. And I try to tell him, look, she's doing better because she's surviving and she needs to. And she still has to run a house and kids and everything else. But also she's learning about her. Don't misinterpret her doing better as you don't have to address your stuff. Yes. And heal the relationship.
1: Because all of that will absolutely come back. It is not like that's permanently gone. It's just... It just looks better because she's doing some work. So you have to, you absolutely have to do your part and do the relationship. You both have to do the relationship part for this to actually work. Yep. So progress over time is a critical piece to look at and to measure in terms of do I stay or do I go? Uh, We already talked in the last episode about empathy. Empathy is a really critical piece as well. Very important. Can they hold emotional space for what's going on for you? Yep. Can they feel that? Can they talk with you about that? And as part of that, the step 10 piece that we talked about last time, can they say, oh, there's this part of this that was mine, and I need to apologize. I need to recognize where i was and um, fix it move forward
0: yep so that's you're going to be paying attention to how well they demonstrate these things Um, commitment is a big one they have to be committed to this process of recovery and not again just kind of sort of following your lead but they're doing their own Mm -hmm. things we talk about consistency i think commitment and consistency go hand in hand And again, you should not be leading out on this where you're telling them what they should be doing. They should be doing this on their own. And not, again, that they're going to be perfect, but they're using some of their downtime for recovery things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're attending group. They're talking to a sponsor.
1: Yes. And over time, I like that commitment and consistency over time. Because oftentimes what I'll see with clients is uh, the addict will just jump in. Both feet, okay, I'm going to do all the things, all the things, and um, then a little bit into it, it's kind of fallen off right. the back end.
0: Yep. So consistency. One other thing that I think is really important is an emotional awareness. Yes. So you've had a history before discovery, no doubt, of kind of how the relationship is when it comes to emotions, and who's more emotional, who shares more, and you need to be seeing a change in your partner's ability to recognize emotion, feel emotion, sit with it and express it. In other words, um, I can talk about emotions hopefully a lot more than I did before. And if you're not seeing any emotional growth in those things, this is gonna be tough. And this is actually one of the main focuses in therapy. Yes. In a healing recovery process is guys have to do a better job of learning how they feel and how to express how they feel. Mm-hmm. And you should see that at home. Yes. And so an emotional awareness is a big one for them to demonstrate.
1: Yeah, they have to learn to notice what's going on because with addiction, addiction sort of takes over that space. If Mm -hmm. I'm feeling lonely, if I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling hurt, if I'm feeling angry, the brain's like, bing, I know exactly what to do for that. Yeah, Yeah, let me take care of this. And so your brain kind of becomes this one track mind to fix everything that's negative. So over time, you either don't develop or you lose the ability to monitor that. Right. To be in touch with that, because the second that it flares up, your brain's like, oh, got you covered. Move on with your life. Yep. So most addicts have a complete lack, if at least not quite a lack of emotional awareness, because they just haven't had that, especially because a lot of these addictions start really early on. In life, so they never really even had the chance to develop an emotional awareness and have any idea what's going on for them. So this is a critical and very large part of the recovery process is to begin to bring that out and have them begin to be more aware of what's going on for themselves emotionally and then uh, go into this vulnerability space, which is one of the other things that you're going to be looking for as a betrayed spouse and do I stay or do I go is whether or not they can be vulnerable with you about where they're at emotionally.
0: Right. Right. Because if they're going to start meeting those emotional needs in different ways, they have to start to share them. Mm -hmm. In other words, I can't turn to these old patterns of of sexual acting out when I'm lonely and bored and tired and stressed and feeling rejected or they, they have to become more aware of that. And that means more vulnerable because for me to say, Hey, I'm feeling sad is not probably something that they've ever done before. Mm -hmm. Not something certainly that they're used to. So you should be seeing a change in their willingness, openness to be vulnerable and share their emotions.
1: So those are some of the things that you're going to look for in do I stay or do I go? And we talked about how long do I give it, right? We talked about three to six months, if possible, uh, being 100% in, all in. Hopefully they're 100% all in. And that's a mindset thing so that you are willing to do the things to work on the relationship and they're willing to do things that work on the relationship. But there are some caveats, some things that we need to talk about with that again, first of all, what's actually happened in the relationship. If it's they just discovered porn last week and are coming to talk to you, that's a much different situation than I've had multiple affairs. Right. It's been, you know, 25 years and we've already done this process four times before, <laughs> right? right? That's a completely different set of circumstances. So, You have to really look at where you as a couple are and what's actually been going on to know, first of all, whether or not you give it any time or not, right? Second of all, then how much? But a good rule of thumb is, hey, three to six months starts to give me an idea if they're going to make progress, if they're going to commit and be consistent right and you also need to look at the safety factor emotional physical safety with a client even just this last week I said it's always acceptable to remove yourself from an abusive situation it just always is now There's a big range in abusive circumstances, right? Right. And therefore boundaries. So it is always acceptable to remove yourself from an abusive situation. What does that mean? Remove myself. Mm -hmm. And the range can be anything from removing myself from the situation where someone has sent something extremely hurtful. Just taking a break, right? Right. All the way up to removing myself from the relationship. So if there's been some intense physical abuse or things of that nature, then it's an automatic. You need to remove yourself from the situation physically. But again, there's this huge gray area based on the circumstances, based on what type of abuse is occurring, all of those different kinds of things. So Keeping that in mind, that there is this safety piece, there may be a time when you're like, no, we're not doing a three to six month because there's been some serious abuse. Right. It's been ongoing. I need to get out.
0: Right. Because you, of course, can change this any point you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not locked into it. Yes. Because circumstances can change. Mm hmm. So.
1: So make sure that you are checking in with yourself, you're checking in with your therapist about what's going on. The other thing is that circumstances will change. So initially, you may be in a place in your relationship where you do not feel very safe being vulnerable or sharing something. So you don't know whether or not they can be empathetic because that's a real struggle. You might need some initial boundaries around that. Hey, I I need to for a little while see maybe some consistency in other areas before mm-hmm. I feel safe enough to share something really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then you may change to have that boundary then back up a little bit with some time so that you can start to see, okay, does this empathy, is he being empathetic? Can he be empathetic? Right. So again, you don't have to jump when we say be in 100%. If you feel like that's a place that you can do that, it doesn't mean that means I automatically am going to drop all boundaries, not have any boundaries, and we're just going to see how this goes. You still may really need to have some boundaries in place and then adjust those as they progress. Right. Or you may have a boundary that's a little bit smaller because you feel like, okay, we're in a situation where we can do that, but maybe their attitude is continues to be, well, why can't you get over this? Why don't you just move on and have not don't have an ability to be empathetic with you? Then your boundary may increase more. So that's an important piece in this, is we just want to make sure that you understand that just because you're giving it some time and space to look and see the progress. That it doesn't mean that you have a lack of boundaries, right? Or that your boundaries are going to be one set way. They may move closer or further from you based on the circumstances in the situation. Yep. So with all of that, we still have no idea what you should do in your specific situation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but hopefully that helps you to know what you should do. Mm-hmm. And really, so much of this comes to, down to, so we talked about this before, acronym HOW, yes. Honest, Open, and Willing. So much of this comes down to if your partner is honest, open, and willing. Um, not perfect, not that they are always patient and never get discouraged, but are they open and willing about how this has impacted you, how you feel? Do they care? about how it makes you feel. Are they able to hold space and communicate that? Mm -hmm. I tell so many guys who say, what can I do? What can I do? Really, what more can I do? Um, I tell them to initiate conversations about their wife's pain instead of waiting for their wife to always be the one initiating. And I get it Because if you're the one who hurt your spouse, it's hard to hear about how you hurt them. And it's hard to hold space for that pain. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to. I say, look, you can be like a C, average. kind (laughs) of. That's fine. If you want to go to an A and move this thing along even faster, then go Mm -hmm. to her and say, look, I don't want you to say anything. I'm not asking for forgiveness or for you to say anything at all. I just, you need to know I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about what I did and how much it hurts, how, how much that communicated that you weren't important to me and just how devastating it was. And it just makes me sick. It hurts my heart to know that I did that to you because I do love you and I wanna protect you. That's what this was supposed to be. And look what I've done. And you don't need to say anything. I'm just getting this off my chest. You need to know how I feel. And I tell guys, when you can be that genuine and open and willing and empathetic, things will move. If, yes. if you're sincere, don't say if exactly what I'm saying. It's not a scripted thing, but yeah, you have to be willing to pay the price of feeling their pain. And not just because they need you to when they're really upset. No, approach them with it. And then yes. they'll know that you're thinking about it too, which matters.
1: Yeah, that is, that is where that loving piece That we've talked about with healthy couples that being loving really comes into play like when we really love someone we hurt when they hurt
0: right yep and And so
1: if you can be in that place yes that's where the the growth and the progress is going to be perfect all right well Hopefully, we've given you some good structure and things to look for with do I stay or do I go. And always, as always, we recommend consulting with therapists, making sure you're going to groups, getting support, things mm-hmm. like that as you're making these decisions. But there's also a space where you just kind of know. You get to a space where you just know inside yeah, that it is. it's time or it's not.
0: There's very much a felt component to all of this. As much mm-hmm. as we try to make it logical, it's not that simple.
1: Yeah. So good luck moving forward with that. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at Talking. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.